0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. So far text. The foolish stumbling block crucifixion. That's how Paul describes it in our text. And I would ask you today, what is your view of the crucifixion? How do you see this event? On this Palm Sunday, the story takes us to the cross and the crucifixion. And rightly so, as we go into this holy week, this is where our focus must be on the crucifixion but how do you view the crucifixion as we look at some pictures of the crucifixion maybe you'll resonate with my problem this first one beautiful picture right looks like a man almost asleep on a cross Do you see any suffering here? Any blood? What about this one? This one looks almost serene, doesn't it? Oh, we calmly sit together on a cross. Here, Jesus almost seems regal and defiant as he's on the cross. Or what about this one? Such a beautiful picture of glory on a cross. What's the problem? There's no suffering here. There's no blood sacrifice here. We've cleaned it up. We've made it nice and pretty. But that's not the crucifixion. The crucifixion of our, of our Lord was a horrible thing. Take a look at this picture. Christ almost looks like a starving, homeless man hung on a cross. But there's still no blood. There's still no sacrificial lamb here. Maybe we need to go here. To that dramatic view from the Passion of Christ. That movie we didn't want our kids to go see because it was too graphic and too bloody. But that's the crucifixion. Paul says, Jews demand. Miracles, miraculous signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. You see, it it isn't until we take the crucifixion seriously and we understand its bloody gore and the suffering that went there that we truly understand what's happening here. We can't make it pretty. There is nothing pretty about the crucifixion. is a stumbling block. And I think the greatest example of the stumbling block in the story is Peter himself, this great disciple who could not understand what was going on, could not fathom this event and struggled against it with all of his being. It started all the way back last week, right? Three times Christ predicts his death, and the disciples can't fathom it. They can't understand it. And Peter goes so far as to say, no, Lord, it's not going to happen. It doesn't fit with the idea of God, with the idea of a Savior, with the idea of the Son of God, of a Messiah. That death does not fit And Jesus in the upper room goes to wash their feet. And this isn't the right picture of God either. Bending down, doing a servant's job. So Peter says, you'll never wash my feet. No way, Lord. He fights against what God is trying to teach, what God is trying to do. It's a stumbling block for him because he does not understand how this could happen, how God could do such a thing. In the garden, he falls asleep until that opportune moment when they're going to take Christ and, no, this isn't going to happen, and whack, off comes the ear. He fights against this whole idea again and again. I don't know why he wanted to be at the courtyard with Jesus. I don't know whether he was going to try and do something more to see if he could get this thing to change or what, but he ends up what? Denying Christ as he swore he would never do. And in his anguish, he's not at the foot of the cross. He's off someplace else crying. It doesn't make sense. It's a stumbling block this is not how God's supposed to work. This is not how it goes. Don't you know the Old Testament that says a man who hangs on a tree is cursed? The Son of God cursed? Yeah, Paul. The Son of God cursed. Or Peter, rather, not Paul. Paul. And how often do we not stumble over a God like this? If God is capable of such punishment, of such anguish, if God is capable of causing this, if God's anger is this great, then God is capable of any atrocity, right? And that's not a God of love, is it? And why God, why am I in this situation? Or why do I have to suffer this way or what? And it becomes a stumbling block for us. The crucifixion is a stumbling block. It's also foolishness. Found an article on the internet. Entitled 10 Reasons the Crucifixion Story Makes No Sense by a guy named Sidensticker. I guess that's how you pronounce it, Sidensticker. Here's a guy who thinks that whole idea of a crucifixion is foolishness. Listen to some of what he says. Under his first reason, he says, But why single out this one? Lots of people die. In fact, lots died from crucifixion. It's not like this death is dramatically worse than death today. Crucifixion may no longer be a worry, but cancer is. Six hours of agony on the cross is pretty bad, but so is six months of agony from cancer. Or under his fourth reason, he says, We didn't do anything to get original sin. We just inherited it from Adam. So why do we have to do anything to get redemption? In his sixth one, he says, big deal. Jesus is perfect, so his doing something noble is like water flowing downhill. What else would you expect from a perfect king? From a perfect being? A selfish, imperfect man acting against his nature to make the ultimate unselfish sacrifice is far more remarkable than a perfect being acting according to his nature. So it's foolishness to him that we single out Jesus' crucifixion. Another one Jesus paid the debt, there's no need for God's forgiveness. There's no longer anything for God to forgive since there's no outstanding debt. And under his ninth one, if God loves us deeply and he wants to forgive us, couldn't he just forgive us? That's how we do it. Most of those things make some kind of sense, don't they? From a human perspective, not from a Christian perspective, from a spiritual perspective. This isn't just physical agony on a cross that can be compared to cancer. This is the agony of suffering God's wrath for sin. Something much more deep, much more painful, much more anguishy that wrath of God. And no, we didn't do anything to inherit eternal or original sin. The question is not, do do we have to do anything to get redemption? The reality is we can't do anything to get redemption. We can't accomplish it. Somebody else has to. That's why Jesus came. And Jesus' life as a perfect being is more than just Giving an unselfish sacrifice. It is a son of God living what we and doing what we could not do, being what we could not be to fulfill the will of our God. It goes much broader and much deeper than just an unselfish sacrifice. And he sure doesn't understand the forgiveness of sins, does he? He does not understand that when we forgive, there is a payment that is made. Reality is if we forgive somebody something, we absorb to ourselves the debt of that forgiveness, the debt of that sin. If somebody owes me money and I forgive that debt, I absorb the loss of the money. If somebody hurts me with his words or his deeds, and I forgive, I absorb the consequences of that hurt. I take the payment so that the forgiveness can be there. And isn't that exactly what God did for our forgiveness? Did he not take into himself the debt? Did he not suffer it in the crucifixion? You see, the reality for Christians today is that we take the cross for granted. We don't take it seriously. Why not? Because it's the problem of sin. To take the cross seriously is to take our sin seriously. to take our sin seriously, to understand in the horror of that bloody, anguishing sacrifice on the cross the reality of what our sin costs, of what we deserve. This is how horrible our sin is. This is how terrible it is. It demands an anguishing, bloody, painful, suffering crucifixion. And when we realize that, then the cross demands a change of heart and a change of life. If we truly take the crucifixion seriously in all its bloody, glory, painful reality, and we understand that it is for our sin that that happened, truly understand that then we would fall down on our knees and beg our God's forgiveness for who we are and what we have done. And we would try with every fiber of our life not to do it anymore. To do the best of our ability to overcome this horribleness in our life. And our hearts would be so filled with thankfulness and love for a God who would go to such depths, who would be willing to take such an agonizing path so that we could be forgiven, so that we could live with Him forever in heaven. And we would never doubt the love of God again. And we would always know his presence with us. And we would walk in a love that surpasses all understanding. Let's not whitewash, let's not whitewash the crucifixion. Let's see it for what it is and why it is. And rejoice that we have a God who would bless us in such a way. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, in the one who was crucified, that you may have peace. Amen.